Hi, we're George and Jess, and after doing a morning radio show together for over a decade, we found our new home on the George and Jess podcast. We are a married couple exploring the ins and outs of balancing kids, marriage, and careers. So join us for adventures in the kitchen, at home, traveling, and more. Pull up a chair, grab a cup of coffee. It's time to get real about life, love, and the world around us. Do you think you would benefit from a career change? And if so, how? That is a question a lot of people have been asking themselves over the past year. Do you think it's the slowdown of life that gave people more time to think, more time to consider what they really wanted? Or what do you think is contributing to the great resignation? Well, that, that's what they're calling it. Uh, but I, I, I don't, uh, I will say this. You, you bring that point up. Uh, a, a few months into the pandemic, and I did have a lot of people say that I don't mind the slower pace. Mm-hmm. They 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 admitted that. Now, now, and we couldn't all like we couldn't put our finger on exactly what it was, but I think it was literally slowing down almost. I mean, to a complete stop. And it was not by choice. One and two, it was not like you were missing out on anything because nothing was happening. Right. Everybody slowed down it, it, to it, some extent, it's, some more than others, but everybody slowed down to some extent. It almost did come to a screeching halt. Mm-hmm. It was it was odd in the sense that we weren't going to work. Now, now I understand there were some essential workers that did. I get that. But a lot of Americans stopped leaving for work. Their kids stopped going to school. There was no extracurricular activities. There was no going out to eat. It, it Shopping for even the essentials was only as needed. There was no concerts. There was no travel. There, I mean, they didn't right. shut down travel, but most people weren't traveling. No, and there was nothing to do if you did. Right, right. So, it, I mean, essentially things stopped. And then... People had a chance to kind of reflect on on their situation, their current spot, if you will, right? And I think a lot of people found that they enjoyed spending time with their kids. Now, before everybody except yeah, Tom Brady, it be, be, yeah, right. <laughs> be, before we get off on, on on too much of a tangent here, I understand that there was a lot of people, us included at times felt like they were going crazy when you were locked in the house with the kids for weeks on end, right? Yes. We did. But you can feel that and feel really grateful for the time. Right. Or, or the opposite. You can feel really grateful for the time you had at home, slowed down, and also feel like, ah, I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> the question is, during that time to reflect on life in general, at what point did Americans decide on a career change? Because it listen, it wasn't it it wasn't just your average individual that you think had a crummy job. There was a lot of people that left great paying jobs, prestigious great paying jobs, and took less money that they had had for a long right. time. Yeah, right. I heard television journalists on the air 
guys who were making millions of dollars a year stop in the middle of a broadcast and say, I'm not sure I want to do this anymore. And I, and I remember hearing that, and I'm not going to drop any <laughs> names here, but I remember hearing that from one very prominent individual, and I thought to myself, my God, I'm not the only one. And if you're saying, if you're referring to the same person I think you are, he is still doing that job. No, he's not. Oh, he's not. <laughs> no, he's oh, not. Oh, I was thinking no. someone else. No, he's he's done. Interesting. Yeah, I, well, and I'm, I'm one, here's the question I'm going to ask, because you changed careers. I did, and now, I left a job that was I had done for a very long time. It's right. the only Aside from a, a quick stint as an event planner, it's the only career that I've had post-college. And this was just two months ago, eight weeks, right. roughly, roughly eight weeks ago. And you decided it was time for a change. Mm-hmm. What made you decide? What was the, what was the trigger? I mean, was there was, a catalyst? There was a lot of factors. And I guess what's different or unique maybe about my situation is I went from a job where I was home in the afternoon to now I'm working eight to five. Right. Which is different. different. Yeah. Um, but I was, I, I knew that I wanted to do more and I felt like I wasn't using my skills to the full capacity of what I wanted right. to. And I had um, not been given the opportunities that I was hoping to get right. at my last job. And uh, so I, I, decided to take a different one where right. I, where I felt like I could grow and flourish and um excel excel yeah and so I did and it was scary to do that I think it's scary for anyone to do that especially when they've been doing something for a long time it's that was it was a secure job right. it was safe the reason I'm bringing this up is because it's it's happening more and more even now 2 years removed from the beginning of this pandemic but even more so now than ever, I think yeah. people are having this. And I don't, I don't want to call it the great resignation. I will call it another great awakening because that's what it, I think you're right. That's what it is to me. It, people first, we got into a rut for so many years, right? Climbing corporate ladders, just going through the same routine, just going through the motions and not stopping to just look around and see what's going on. Yeah. Right. And I, and I think that 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 screeching halt that we all experienced gave us the opportunity to look around and to make choices and decide to do something different. And I also think it shed a light on the fact that things can change very quickly. Yes. You and you probably heard this. And I know, believe me, I know that money can make your life easier. I will say that when, when, when they always say, well, money can't buy happiness, it's usually people who have a ton of money, right? So, and I understand that people that struggle, and I've been there, paycheck to paycheck and not knowing if it's ever going to get better, mm-hmm. money would make you feel a lot better because it would alleviate some of that stress in your life, mm-hmm. right? So I know that. that is, so I'm not going to say that money is not an issue. It, it absolutely always will be right. But I, but it, I think a lot of people realized it wasn't everything. It wasn't everything. And you cannot put a price tag on your own happiness. And there are, 
people are getting really creative with how they're they're figuring things out in that department. Yeah. The funny thing is, going back to the money can't buy happiness, people are finding out that if they pursue something that they're passionate about, the money winds up taking care of itself. Yes. And often, often they wind up making more money than they initially were. I've listened to two other podcasts in the this week that were about um, th- that topic. Like, yeah. not waiting till you're ready, doing something that scares you, trusting that things will work. And they were inspiring. I think a lot of people with the slowdown and just the change in, in, in everyday life were allowed to see opportunity. And when they would see it, they had the motivation to seize it. Uh-huh. Right? That's the key. Because, again, going back to that everyday same routine over and over It's easy to get comfortable. I mean, a lot of these people, and I was just talking to a good friend of ours uh, the other morning, and we had this conversation, and it was just like, you know what? Why are we still doing what we're doing? And a lot of people, if you ask yourself that question, it's because you feel safe, Mm -hmm. right? And even though you're not passionate about it, you know that you can go to the same location or do the same thing every day and you collect the same paycheck and you'll be able to pay your mortgage and your car payments and you feel safe, right? I think a lot of people were willing to step out of that comfort zone and once they did, they realized how good life can be. And I think you, people took a risk to ask themselves, like, when it's all said and done, will I say, oh, thank God I felt safe? Or will they say, thank God I took that risk? Right, right. You know? You're, you're, you're going to come to that point. And I think the older people get, and, and I'm not necessarily saying old, but I'm saying when you get to a point in your life where you've been doing the same thing for a while and you, and you get comfortable, that's when I think a lot of people start to reevaluate things. Uh-huh. And it's, I'm just, God, it's, it's hard to, I can't really put my finger on any one thing. I've read a million articles on this and I just think it goes back to people. A lot of people I, I read felt like they were not being fairly compensated or they were just unhappy in their work environment. Right. I mean, and I, I, I think like when people started to migrate back to offices, that triggered a lot of change. Right. Where people, and it and it wasn't necessarily like, I don't want to work at an office. That was the case for some. Right. But for some people, it was, I don't want to work in this office. Right. You right. know, and, right. and to to be blunt. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. I, and on, on top of that, there are some people, because everybody's different, right? We're all, we're all different. There are some people that excel working from home, and there are others who do not. So... The difficulty for a lot of employers were finding out which ones were which, and then how do you fairly yeah work yep. that work that out yep. right? Because I can tell you, beyond the shadow of any doubt, during the pandemic, when you and I were both working from home doing our morning radio show, 
we did the best work we'd ever done together. And, and There's we, not even a question. And we got a lot done in a yeah. day. We accomplished a lot. We tried new things. We, we'd get an idea and act on it. Right. Um, because a lot of the the standing around right. was eliminated. Well, well and, and not only that, but, you know, uh, it's we <laughs> at the beginning of all of it, we went out, we were forced to purchase and, and, and buy the things that we needed. And before long, we could we could do things better at home yeah. than we could if we were back in the office. And that can bring some serious frustration mm-hmm. right yeah yeah so i i but i'm just giving you some examples right i mean I, that's what i'm trying to get people to understand why right <laughs> why what what what's going on because i we, again there's all these employers that are asking me right when they come into the, the the station they ask me why can't i find anybody to come work for me and i said well it I tell them all this, to be honest, from the outside looking in, do you think it's a great place to work? Because Ooh, a lot of good questions, most of the, most of the time. Yeah. If you were your employee and they were your boss, would you want to work there? What do people say when I mean, you ask well, them that? That's something, it's something they, they need to take a look at. Sure. You know, when I, when I see guys that are asking men and women to do hard labor, whether it's some kind of construction or or in a factory or machining or whatever. And they now look at themselves and they say, there's a kid in Target that's in high school that makes as much money as Uh I do. That's insulting. Right. Right? McDonald's is starting at $15 an hour. Yep. Think about that. Yeah. Think about that. Right. And it's just like, I, I, I think people, there was a lot, I think a lot of reflection. So having gone through this initial rant. <laughs> well, I mean, I right. think this is such a, it's such an intriguing conversation. It is. And there's so many people having it. And and they thought it would slow down and it, they were like, how long is this going to last? <laughs> it's accelerating. Yes. It's accelerating right now. More people are leaving their jobs. I mean, I, you know, without, in, you know, I, I'm not going to get into like people I individually know or in the industry that I work in, but there's a ton of them just bailing. So I have a, a couple of girlfriends and they have both quit their jobs and uh, over the last year and they feel amazing. They're doing, pursuing other things, other endeavors. And I was having a conversation with them and one of them said, yeah, you can just quit your job. She's like, once I realized that you can just quit. She's like, like the second part of my life began and we had a good laugh. And of course, it's not that simple. It's not that simple for a lot of people. right? And it wasn't that simple for her. But I think it was just like the realization of like, I can quit and do something else. I have the choice. I am not being forced to be employed here. That's the key Yeah, is when you say you can just quit your job. Well, you can, but it's best to have something else yeah, lined I, up it's, it's so more you continue the, to get a paycheck. The realization right. of you don't I have, have a choice. You don't have to keep doing what you've been doing. Right. That's the thing. Right. Right. I mean, and I think specifically a lot of retail and customer service related hospitality mm-hmm. industry, those people realized that that wasn't a great job. I mean, some of them enjoyed it, had fun, met a lot of great friends, but there's a future. 
I've talked to restaurant owners that have admitted to me. They were like, unless you're in management, there's no, there's no long term in this industry. And it's a lot of work. Right. It is a ton of work. A lot of work. Odd hours. And, you know, and not always the greatest compensation. So I think that I think Americans are just have got to the point where they've just had enough. Mm hmm. And I think a lot, and I, I don't like it when people pick on the younger generation, uh, Gen Z and millennials specifically. It started with millennials, but I think Gen Z, they're not getting enough credit. The ones I I'm, love me some Gen the, Z. The ones I'm meeting and talking to may not do things the way that everybody else has done prior to them, but they've got it figured out. And that might be. Just I like a it. Ticket. Yes, I, I'm telling you. That's what we need. I have great faith in in this this young generation. I really do. I, I think they're smart, and I've met a lot of them. I think some of them are embracing the trades now and realizing they don't need, you know, four to six years of college mm-hmm. and three hundred thousand dollars in debt, but they can go to a trade school, learn a skill, have no student debt, loan debt, right, and get a great. Paying job and make 70, 80 grand walk as soon as they walk into the workforce, right? And they're they're learning these things. It's really cool now that I work in the trades, which is a weird thing to say. I don't do trades. Right. Explain I I do business development and community relations for a commercial general contractor. Right. I do not work with my hands. I work with my creativity. Right. You <laughs> but were, right. I have had the opportunity in the last couple of months to meet a lot of young people who are pursuing that kind of work. Yes. And they are really interesting and cool to talk to. Right. So I'm going to tell you this. I, it, it, by the way, if you're not familiar with our situation, Jess and I are married. We did a radio show, a morning radio show together for 11 years. It was incredibly successful. And it was the day that you quit. Until I quit. Yeah. It, you you literally. And so when you quit at the top of your game like that, people ask why. A lot of questions. Right, they do. What, what, what's going on? So having said that, and by the way, I was 100% supportive, right? Because I knew. You were. Because I will say this. You, and because I'm married to you, I live with you, I'm going to tell you this. You are 100% happier now. I I am I mean, I am. It, it's, it's not true. even close. It's true. It's not even close. It's it's a night and day difference. And I want you, I don't know if, I, if I'm springing this on you or not, but what's the one, what's the biggest difference um, between eight weeks ago yeah. and today? So the company that I work for is really innovative. Very. And if you have an idea... Like people are supportive of that. Yes, I think. That too- and they want to hear about it. They want to hear why you think it will work. And then they want you to try it. Right. Which is super cool. And when you try it, they're supportive of it. Right. And that is um, really fun. You you want to know what will drive people quality talent out the door is doing things the way you've always done them. Yeah. That, and just Yeah. A hundred percent. Not... I think not using people's talents, especially when they're like willing to go above and beyond or, right. or, or give you more and, and telling them no, or that's not a good idea or that'll never work because um, that, that just is a big difference for me. 
and it really makes going to work every day really fun. Right. And you're right. I, I think, I think that's a, that's a big key. It really is. It's insane when, when, uh, employees are looking to do more to benefit the company, but are denied the opportunity because they don't want to upset somebody who's supposed to be doing the job. Yeah. And that's, that happens all, and that, that will wreck a company. Yeah. Oh, I mean, completely. And I think another thing um, that I'm experiencing now is very high standards, right? Very high brand standards, very high expectations. um, And it really makes you elevate yourself. Right. And that's really exciting too. Yeah. I mean, I, and I've met, you know, I've met the people that you work with and you work with a good, good group of people. I mean, that's, that makes a lot of difference. And, and right? it's fun when you yeah. tell people where you work and, and people in the community or people, you know, say oh, they're doing yeah. really great things. Right. They're, they're, you know, that that's a cool company and it makes you feel good. Um, so I would say that those factors have certainly played into my um, disposition. Right. But <laughs> it was, it was a, it was a leap of faith. It was. It was. Yeah, I mean, Be- because I remember initially because you and I again working the exact same hours we were in the same studio together every morning we prepped for the yeah. following day we 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 you know we're we doing, were together yes, like 22 hours a day literally <laughs> the only time I was away from you is when you were either shopping or going to the gym or something like that yeah. getting your hair done whatever literally literally we were not, together all the time that is not a joke so you can imagine with two kids and your new schedule and mine pretty much staying the same, how that was a a, a big adjustment to our life. It it, it right. was. And I think we're getting into a good routine now, but oh, yeah. it was, it yeah. was pretty jarring for, real. for the first few weeks for all of us. Right. It was. Like, whoa. <laughs> and, and you needed time to kind of uh, ease into it and, and develop a routine. Yeah. And I, I would say three to four weeks into it, I saw you finally start to settle in. And then once you settled in, I you I, I would say every week now, you it seems just better and better. Yeah, it's really good. It is. It is. And I think that goes back to our first two minutes of this conversation, uh-huh. right? Is what I'm trying to figure out is what's holding people back. And I think I know. I think it's the fear of change, mm-hmm. right? And that can be extremely stressful, especially if you've been doing the same thing for a long time and you feel that sense of security. So let me ask you this. When you were growing up, um, was that an important value in your house, like from your parents? Like get a good job, stay there for a long time, be secure, be comfortable. Like was that something that was important? Growing up in your house. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, my dad was a, a construction electrician. That's what he was. Local 110 International Brotherhood of Electrical, Electrical Workers, St. Paul, Minnesota. Had a union job, pension, all that stuff. Was my dad happy every day when he got up and went to work? No. Was he looking forward to retiring every day, especially when he got to like my age, right? Yes. And uh, he worked hard. He did. He worked hard. Well, his job wound up killing him. He got that mesothelioma from the asbestos, yep. you know, that he was breathing in through the 80s and, and all that stuff. So he did not love his work. He didn't hate it. 
But he did not come from a generation where you pursued something you loved. Yep. And it wasn't that wasn't a thing. It was you get up, you go to work, and you do what you need to do. And he was still from the generation where you're the man of the house, you support the family. Mm-hmm. And my mom never worked, right? I mean, she had odd jobs part-time here and there and stuff. She would just to because to keep herself busy, specifically when we kids you got went to when we got older. Sure. Right. But uh, he came from a completely different generation, and we don't live in that generation Mm-mm. anymore. We don't. But I mean, it's just. I wonder if some of those values are are what is stopping some people. Sure. Like, they were raised that way. Um, like, my dad and his sisters were the first generation. They all went to four-year colleges. They all got professional jobs, and they've all been doing those jobs for their entire adult lives. Right. Um, my dad took some risks and did some, my parents did some entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial, that is a hard word to say. Entrepreneurial. Thank you. Stuff <laughs> yeah. when, when we were kids. Right. Um, but it was very much a value in our house as well. Like you need to get a four-year degree, preferably in finance or business, which is not my thing. <laughs> right. Um, and I didn't. Right. I know. I know. But that was, that was frowned upon right. when I, when I started pursuing broadcast. Right. Um, so I, th- I think that that may be something that's inside of people where they feel like, Oh no, I'm safe. I'm comfortable. I get this. I gotta, I gotta keep this job because it's secure. I'm just wondering because you and I are not Gen Z, right? No, I'm you're, an elder millennial. You're an elder millennial. I'm Gen Xer. Yeah. But we still broke the mold. Mm-hmm. We did. I mean, in our families now, not everybody in our families broke the mold. Nope. Your sibling followed it to a T. To a T. <laughs> right? And you would not believe. And this is why I am I really am reassured about what you and I have done and continue to do every day is the fact that I will talk to these guys. And I know lots of guys in banking, you know, the car business <laughs> and all these other things. And they, and they all tell me. Man, you have no idea the stress I go through or uh-huh. how many stressful conversations I have every single week. Some of them, I've had them tell me, I mean, guys in the banking industry, they were like, I, I deal with two or three high stress phone calls every single day. That would, I, would I mean, not, I, mean I, would not, I, know. I would not do well with that. That would drive <laughs> would me not insane. not do well with that. You know, and it was kind of uh, frustrating for my father. I did well in high school. I, you know, I... I, I scored well on the SATs and all that stuff in the eighties. And then my, and my dad wanted me to go to college and get a, a mm-hmm. clean cut job. Yep. Engineering was something I was always interested in. So I got accepted to the university of Minnesota and he's like, Oh God, this is going to be great. I didn't want to. Yeah. I, I didn't want to do that. So and then I came home and I said, I, I joined the Marines <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, you what? <laughs> right. And he was proud of me for doing that too. But that, you know, if you look back at at your life, for me, that was the moment where I was never afraid to do anything again. After I got out, four years of that, and Mm -hmm. I I just was never afraid anymore. So I got out. I was at the University of Minnesota (laughs) for about six months, right? Just, I was like, I got to do, and then I was like, screw it. I'm not doing this. I was in liberal arts. I was like, no, I'm not doing this. And uh, I took a job in a warehouse and went to radio school. <laughs> you can imagine my father. I would have loved to hear that conversation oh my with God. your dad. He was like, you got to be kidding me. That's I'm about, like, no. That's about how mine went with my dad. Yeah, I'm like, and then I think back, you know, to almost, you know, I've 
been doing this for over almost 30 years. It's almost three decades now, but it's evolved and changed. So I think you and I, you know, you, you've been doing this for 20 years, mm -hmm. right? I think that even in our industry, it's a time to reflect and look back. Where, where was it that, you know, right, two, right. two and three decades ago and where is it now? That's why I've had a lot of my compadres, uh, guys that are in the same industry uh -huh. around the country, decide to do something else, right? It's an interesting time, I think, in a lot of industries, for a lot of individuals, it is. for a lot of companies. Um, and I knew last, late last fall, and I think I said this to you, I was like, well, we I, talked I about just it. feel yeah. like there is a period of great change coming. Sure. For me, for us, for our family. And I didn't know exactly what that was going to look like yet. And we talked about that for people in general. But I just felt it like in my bones and I knew. Um, and then I, a few months later, took a new job, quit doing radio. Right. We started this podcast. So it, it has been a period of great change. But um, I'm really glad that I wasn't afraid. Uh, absolutely. I was afraid, but I did it anyway. Because, you know, the one thing that you and I always loved, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, the, the reason I got into broadcast, and the one thing I really loved about radio was the intimacy that it offered, that immediate conversation. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't some staged talking head. I, and Forgive me, I'm not picking on people on television, but that well, they is... they have a script. Oh, my God, yeah. that's their job. It's very rarely, despite what you think, you're not... Some of them are really good, and it doesn't seem like they have yeah. a script, but they they, they do. do. Yeah, but it's, they do. There's not a lot of free thought yeah. there, right? I mean, you're there's an agenda on every different network now. It's hard to even get real news. It really yeah. is. I mean, just unbiased, right. right? Either way, but I will say that the reason we got in was because of that, and that's why we love being back here doing our podcast and it without the pandemic and everything that came with it, you and I would not have all of this equipment and the ability to do just that nor the knowledge. No, I know really? you're right. right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Because and it, we had to learn and we had to adapt and overcome and we did it. And then I started thinking and I was like, you know what? I'm always going to have this studio and this microphone and nobody could take this from me. And I think like there's something really powerful about when you have a conversation, especially when you're when you're really real. Yeah. Um, like I think that we are. And then you you hear from other people that are like, I'm feeling that same thing or I experienced that, too. And it helps me know I'm not alone. Right. And I think that that's something that um, you just you can't you can't put a price on that. It's, no. it's really a, a special thing. You can't. I mean, and, and another thing, and this is for another show, and we'll we'll talk about this sometime, and perhaps bring in an expert as we expand and we start to this podcast starts to grow. But I think it had a lot to do that this same ref, period of reflection. That's what I would like to call the the last two years, rather than I'm, I'm almost done with the pandemic stuff, right? The Great Awakening, not the Great Resignation. We're going to change that as well. I like that. But I think a lot of that is the reason that uh, the Sober Curious movement has taken off as well. That will be an interesting conversation. We will have that sometime because I have a ton of friends. Yep, me too. That just for a period of time said, you know what? 
I'm going to try my life without alcohol for 30 days. Mm-hmm. And then that 30 turned into 60 yep. and to 90. And then it just, it, it just took off from there. Right. And I think a lot of people realized that it was more than just a casual, uh-huh. you know, and uh, beverage here and there and that it was affecting their life, even though it didn't seem like it. Right. Not to, not to just everyday. It, it just didn't, you know, I, I think like, that a lot like of people. Maybe um, they feel like they've outgrown it. Y- yeah. I, I mean, like it just doesn't have a place in their life anymore. Right. And, you know, and then you, you, you take a step back and you look at the way that they market it. And that is, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Alcohol and tobacco in this country is two of the most powerful lobbying mm-hmm. groups, groups on the planet. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, they just. You saw how far we or hard we had to fight, like the, the the tobacco companies. I'm gonna make a prediction here that in the the next generation, especially the really young ones like Clara, we have a five year old. Her generation, when she's old enough, will view alcohol different than ours. I think so too. And it's and, I, I very mean, much think you're right. I think that's gonna happen. There's not even a question. And listen, I'm not slamming anybody who's enjoys a cocktail or a bottle of wine or or a beer. I understand that. That's perfectly fine. But I think, and especially, man, if you're on social media, you see it all the time, right? I, it's just like, it, it's an excuse. Yeah. Every time something goes wrong or right, yeah. you got you to gotta crack a beverage. I, right? I think what you will start to see is just more people who don't. Like, it will become right. more yeah, normal for sure. not to. For sure. But again, and we'll talk about, yeah, we'll, we'll we, can, we can do a, that's cause, a whole, cause we're, part, we're, we're part of the sober curious movement a little bit approaching, not a little bit. We no, have not drank since Christmas approaching three months. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I, I, I think it will be an interesting conversation. Um, that do you have an expert? Do you know an expert? No, no, but we, we, well, we know lots oh. of people that, I mean, I think what we've met doing our show over the sure. years, I mean, I'm talking like medical professionals, yeah. dietitians. No, I mean, it just goes on and on and it'll on. Be, I think that'll be a great conversation to have. So anyways, back to today's original discussion before we wrap up here. If you've thought about a career change and if it would make you happier, I would say dig a little deeper. Mm-hmm. Then, then don't let it just be a passing thought. You know, be brave. Explore it a little bit. Yeah, be brave enough to at least explore. And if and if you are married, you know, this is something you need to discuss with your spouse and get support, right? But don't live the rest of your life, even if you only have a few years left in the workforce. If 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 there's something that you've always wanted to do, I would tell people go for it. It's never too late. It is never You're never too old. No. It's never too late. No, I'm telling you. So I'm not calling it the great resignation, which is all all these people quitting their jobs and finding other things to do. I'm calling it the great awakening because I really believe that's what it is. I think people are, we fell into a rut. Mm -hmm. We did. We really, we fell into a rut. So if you're feeling like that, you're not alone, right? But you can get, you have the power. You do. You have a choice. Have the power. And you can just quit. Listen, I know it's not that simple. Jess, I, yeah, Jess, I'm, you're going to have people bailing. You're going to you're going to have. I just, well, okay. okay, you know. Listen, honestly, though, being I'm being very sincere here. If you've had even a thought 
or if the thought even crossed your mind, like, I'm not sure I want to do this anymore, it's okay to further explore Mm -hmm. that. It is. It really is. So, again, you're not alone. And if you've done this and you found happiness and a new career, money more or less, that's that's not even the real topic here. It's are you happy? We'd love to hear about it. By the way, you will find us on Facebook. Yes, you can search George and Jess Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, of course, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to uh, leave a comment. Yes. Subscribe and you'll get the little bing every morning at 6 a.m. that the podcast is live and you can uh, tune in and join us for your morning coffee or your morning commute or wherever wherever you want to listen that's the beauty of a podcast yeah it's so it, it is wonderful to be back together doing a show and you can start it and stop it at any time and it is here every weekday morning monday through friday at 6 a.m with a brand new episode and by the way you will find us on the world wide web at georgeandjess.com Have a great weekend, guys.